Hi! Happy Tuesday. Um, yeah, I hope we're all good and, you know, continuing in our quest to fight the powers that be. Um, but most of all, I just hope we're all well and happy because that's essential. Right, so I gave a disclaimer which I've never really done before with this podcast. Um, but I alluded to what I plan on speaking about today. And strangely, today is quite quite a quite an important date in terms of my timeline of healing and just in general in my life. Um, but yeah, so today I'm going to be talking about life after the illusion of love. And I know it sounds so dramatic, darling, but I tend to be. And to be honest, I, th- I feel like that's the only phrasing that really encapsulates exactly what I want to express. So I had a few people um, message me three to be exact saying okay you keep talking about this really turbulent year that you've had and you keep talking about x and then another person was just like look you've come through this really rough moment and I want you to talk about that so as much as I'm reluctant to completely divulge my entire life I feel like I owe it to people who are invested in this platform to be transparent and share my journey so far. So, um, last year was probably one of the worst years of my life. Um, I'm 30 and last year I was pregnant with my first child. Um, I was in a relationship uh, that I had been in for eight years and, um, and it was all going horribly wrong. In terms of my pregnancy, it was really, really strenuous. And um, cut a long story short, I literally ended up having a rug pulled from beneath me two weeks after having my daughter. So my relationship fell apart. Um, I somehow ended up homeless. Um, You know, I was on maternity leave. I was just on the brink of despair. Like... Uh, the church that I had belonged to had ostracised and abandoned me. It was a very, very dark time um, for me. And I called it the illusion of love because for so long I had subscribed to a type of love that on paper, if anyone said that is what you're signing up to I would have said absolutely not like that is not me I would never stand for that I would never allow that I would never accept that but I found myself subscribing to this type of love where it was you know I just felt compelled to to do everything in my power to ensure that that person was taken care of happy, even if it was at my expense, even if it was to my discomfort, I was just 100% in, like I'm an empath, 
and I'm not trying to change, but I am trying to be aware of how deep I love. Like, I love to a point where I forget myself, which isn't great, and hopefully that isn't going to be the case going forward. But, so I was completely blindsided, like, I didn't see any of it coming, and... I was taken to a very, very dark place very, very quickly. Um, there were other like um, aspects of it that I won't, you know, divulge. But it was incredibly traumatic. Like the whole thing was a very bad Nollywood film with Tyler Perry's input and maybe even Jeremy Kyle's, you know, undertones. It was a complete mess. Um, so, yeah, I I believed I was in love because I myself was in love, but I don't think the love that I ended up um, cultivating was a healthy type of love because it wasn't completely reciprocated and it was very much um, a love based on conditions on one side. You know, I think that was the case for the other party um so yeah the illusion so you can imagine having had this trajectory that you've imagined all your life uh with this person that you assume you're going to die holding hands with you're pregnant you know your first child this should be the happiest moment of your life and everything was literally blown to smithereens like to the point where it was even difficult for me to even process that everything was actually happening to me it was like a daily uh it was a daily task of actually accepting that this whole thing was happening to me I had people phoning who wanted to come around and see the baby and people who had been you know around the year before and you know we just moved into this place and they want to come around and the whole thing was completely um (laughs) it was the biggest it was the biggest moment of my life um and I recall you know one day I was just sitting on the bed with my daughter in arms and she was just crying and crying and crying and at this point I was living alone in in that particular house and I didn't know what to do like to pacify her to soothe her I just felt completely lost um and I've never felt that low in all my life like I've never felt that confused I've never felt that embarrassed I've never felt that ashamed of just making the decision to love someone um so that was a lot for me to deal with and then I I do this thing and I do it till today where when I feel really you know uh distraught or confused or whatever I go and I find a mirror because I have to look at the person who's feeling all these things and just be sure that it's actually me um and I had my daughter in my arms and I looked in the mirror and I was just like like I can't like this can't be it like I can't 
I can't stop now. And I think even the window in which that happened was the perfect time for me to have postnatal depression. It was the perfect time for me to be severely depressed. It was a perfect time for me to want to run and hide and stick my head in the sand. But I just saw her face and I just thought, there is no way you're ever gonna look at me and feel proud of me or feel you want to be like me if I run at any given moment when it becomes too much, if I don't face what is the hardest moment. So I think it was in that moment that I just made the decision to say, by any means necessary, I will survive. By any means necessary, I will thrive. By any means necessary, I am going to make sure that I achieve happiness at some point. And it was very difficult to see that back then. It was very difficult to see that in the moment, but it was something that I had promised myself and it's something that I had promised my daughter that I was going to ensure that I achieve. Um, and that is what started my journey um, of, you know, healing and just moving through life after the illusion of love. So anyway, I felt like, you know, there's a couple of people who have asked me, like, how did you survive that? Like, you know, like, how did you survive? And my whole thing is like, I had to grieve. It was so important that I grieved. I, I made sure I also enjoyed myself as well because I wasn't about to, you know, succumb to you know, slipping into depression. I had to do things to try and distract myself, um, like going to a party here or a party there or, you know, just trying to uh, surround myself with people who would keep me upbeat and of sound mind. But I had to grieve. I had to have a period of mourning. And, you know... I wasn't crying or mourning the fact that, you know, my relationship was, was over and, and all of that. Like, that was a part of it. But I think I was more so mourning the fact that this life that I had always imagined I'd have was no longer going to be the case. Like, I had to mourn the fact that this future that I had assumed my daughter would have, she wouldn't have. And this person who I had believed would be, you know, the forever I dreamed of wasn't going to be that person. And that was a lot for me to, you know, um, part with and, and grieve about that. So I had to give myself time uh, to grieve. That was part of um, one of the ways I was able to survive, you know, the whole thing, giving myself time to grieve. And I think accepting was another key element in my ability to survive this particular storm that I encountered, being able to accept my life for what it had become, um, which was quite difficult given the timeline of, of everything, but I had to accept it. I realised quite early on um, I'd be doing myself a great deal of harm by trying to, you know, fight to resurrect something that was clearly dead, something that I didn't want to have to defend for it to exist. So, you know, that was that. 
And I think the final, one of the final things, because I'm not going through every single detail of what it took for me to survive, but I had to forgive myself. I felt so much anger towards myself because I think once you come out of a situation like you're able to have a bit of clarity that maybe you wouldn't have had sitting in it and coming out of it I realised the amount of things that I allowed to you know exist you know many situations where I'd compromised my own personal standard and I was angry at myself that I'd allowed myself to to fall into such a situation in terms of statistics and you know these stereotypes that people project like I'd never seen myself fall into the category of a single mum or one who's you know not been able to maintain something that I wanted to work so I really had to forgive myself um, because I was very angry with myself. I felt like I had failed. Um, there were a lot of rumours being spread about me. Um, a lot of people that I had trusted um, over the years had kind of turned on me. So I, I was in a state of anger and confusion and I had a lot of unforgiveness at a point like I was so... I was so offended um, by the nature of things and, and, and how it unfolded. But anyway, another question that I'd been asked was like, you know, you've managed to survive, you've managed to come over the other side, but like, how how will you trust again? And it's like, well, how how are you going to forge forward in, you know, your life? Like, how are you going to you know, make that progressive step, and I just, to be honest, like, it's taken a lot of things, um, like I said, I had to grieve, because I was, I had lost so many things, and people, all at the same time, so grieving was definitely essential to my ability to, you know, let go, and, and trust people again, I think also, setting boundaries for myself and managing expectations of people so I have now had to really set my boundaries and stick to them and not feel guilty if people are not happy with the boundaries that I've decided work for me um, so that's something that I've had to practice and in my interactions with people who may be approaching me about dating or whatever like I've had to kind of draw a line when I'm starting to feel uncomfortable or retreat when I don't necessarily feel I'm getting what I want out of the situation because I'm so used to shrinking myself and preferring others. I think that comes from some sort of Christian trauma, but well, that's an episode for another day. Um, <laughs> so another thing that I've had to do in order to be able to like trust again because the trust isn't even just in trusting other people it's in trusting myself is I've had to really be honest with myself when I acknowledge red flags like when I see something that just ain't it I have to be firm with myself and say you're not about to go and do narcissist the remix I can't I don't need to deal with that I've got a daughter, I've got things going on. As soon as I see something that I don't like, I remove myself from the situation and say, do you know what, that's just not for me. 
and I think that has really helped me um, and I just because I don't want to go on for too too long but the final thing that I would say has helped me like want to trust again even because it's it's a want of mine as much as it is something that I'm practically working towards is just staying open and hopeful I was almost at a point where I was just like, well, I'm just going to be single for the rest of my life, I'm never going to get married, I'm never going to have another child, I'm just afraid of men, I'm afraid of, um, let me not go into that, but I'm afraid of <laughs> certain people, and I am just going to be a hermit. And then I just thought, hang on, like, how dare I allow someone who no longer matters to me have that much control over my future? Like, I've eradicated them from my life now. They are a part of my history, a part of my past, and I cannot give them, you know, the agency to control me. So, no, I will, you know, pursue these things that will ultimately result in my happiness. And I have begun doing so um which has been a lovely experience and I'm so glad that I was able to heal and get through the most difficult areas and elements to enable me to come to a point where I am open enough to welcome the idea of of there being someone new or you know just being hopeful about love in the first place um but yeah like I just wanted to share like life after the illusion of love like if you've ever been in a situation where you've been you know in love with someone or you've you've experienced like this very bad heartbreak or to be fair any heartbreak is bad but you can like literally pick yourself up it's not an easy thing it's not an overnight thing um it requires work as we know but it also it's possible because at a point I didn't think it was possible I didn't think I could ever be this happy and actually happier than I was last year um, and, and that's something that continues to fascinate me and that I'm proud of myself for being able to discover so um, yeah but you know me I'm always good with like a quote so I found a quote <laughs> Um, This one is by Anon. I think it is by someone, but I wasn't able to find who. Um, And it goes like this. When all is said and done, grief is the price we pay for love. And that completely hit me in the chest when I read that. But it's true, like, when we love, we're, we're taking a risk. Like, we're... We're entrusting someone with our most deepest, darkest secrets, with our with our heart, with our emotion, and it is a risk. And as much as we will it to go well, there is the potential for it to go wrong. And in that happening, you know, obviously, we end up losing that love, or we end up losing that trust, or we end up losing, you know, in that expectation, which will lend itself to causing us to grieve. And I just thought that was really, really interesting, but... I believe, like I've said in previous pods, like life is a continuum and, you know, the cycle and circle of life is such there is a time for absolutely everything. So don't allow that to uh, frighten you from diving in to the ocean of, of being loved or to hinder you from ever wanting to explore love. You deserve love. You deserve happiness. 
and no one has the right to take that from you regardless of what you've been through with them regardless of what they've promised you you owe it to yourself to love yourself enough to you know pursue that for yourself so anyway I think I've said way too much um I did mention I was going to get quite personal in this pod um no uh, individuals have been harmed in the creating of this pod and if anyone is harmed they shouldn't really be listening to my shit so there's there's that as well anywho <laughs> um we will reconvene and i hope this helps um get in touch i love the fact that people are telling me what they wanted me to speak about so please do continue to share with me and yeah take care ciao for now Seems to me you